Welcome to the Horror Basement Interviews, where Jim Jam, Johnny, and Yeti talk to people from all aspects of the horror community and beyond. Alright guys, so uh, on today's uh, um, podcast interviews thing series, um, we have uh, D from uh, Canada, eh? <laughs> it's, I, I had to do it. I'm sorry. That's fucking racist of some kind. I'm sure he's white too. How's it racist? Because <laughs> they're Canadian. <laughs> they're a race. Maybe, maybe it's nationalist. Or yeah. Something. Oh, yeah. I, well, I know that, but I thought racist would be more funny. Because you know Canadians are <laughs> race now. Just, just throwing that out there. Um, hey, you're no longer white. You're you're, you're Canadian. You're Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, eh? But. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I know, it's, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> no, but uh, no, dude, it's a uh, good to talk to you, man. It's been a while. It's been a long while. Uh, I know it's been a very long time. I'm thinking about a year and a half, two years, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I was excited when Jimmy was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna talk to D," and I was like, "And I thought it was you, but I didn't know which D." Yeah, he's like D who, and I'm like D from Canada. <laughs> The Canadian D. <laughs> Canadian. Wow. The Canadian D. Hey. 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 You're huge. <laughs> <laughs> what? What, Yeti? I said, what's that all about now? <laughs> what's that all about? <laughs> all right. Let's get on with the shit, y'all. We'll stop making <laughs> making jokes about. D, you the, know you got some American shit, right? Oh, I imagine. Uh, he's probably like well, y'all McDonald's eating hamburger fry motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but D, what you been up to, man? Oh, geez, what have I been up to? Well, I was just making those um, documentaries, uh, staying pretty busy with that. And then uh, you guys had posted about uh, <clears throat> one of the uh, big TV studios. Uh, making a brand new paranormal program. I was I was actually being looked at to be on that. Oh so man, that was actually pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. But uh, I had to back out. Is it because they were dicks? No, no. Okay. No, no, no. It's, uh, flying from Canada to the states and then flying in the states, and I didn't have my passports and stuff. So yeah, it's just. Was I mean, you gotta I... watch out for that northern border. It's y'all are fucked up up there. That's why we're trying to build the wall. That's oh wait, that's, that's the Mexican. That's oh my bad, my bad. No, 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 no. Yeah, we're gonna build a wall too, okay? And then we're gonna put a lid on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> put a lid on us. Nah. This is gonna be a bridge from Mexico to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we. We'll just make a tunnel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see you guys have a new member now, right? Yeah, Yeti, Yeti. <clears throat> you don't know Yeti. Well, no, now you, no, I've never met him. Well, now you do. He did Yeti. a nice write-up, though. Well, he is a phenomenal writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should go read his other articles on teenhorror.com. Oh, I just plugged that, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Slip that one in there on you, eh? Yeah. By the time this goes live, it'll be uh, should be right around the time where next fucked up Friday comes out, where I'm gonna gush over martyrs. Yeah, no. love that movie. So yeah, Yeti has a uh, true story Tuesdays, and- true story Tuesdays, and fucked up Fridays. So uh, you know, I've, I've seen stuff over the past two years, whatever, and then I, I guess one night I was just sitting in the office alone, and I found your UFO uh, documentary. Yeah, thanks for not, uh, you helped me not go to sleep that night. (laughs) (laughs) The UFO UFO documentary freaked me the fuck out. Well, see, I wasn't told about this documentary, so I have no clue what you're talking about. I was like, I don't want to go in front of the open windows. You got to do your homework. I wasn't told. (laughs) (laughs) You should just automatically know. Yeah, well, the UFOs would have let me known <laughs> because I mean they do the, the telepathic dream shit. <laughs> it doesn't help when you're sleeping with a tinfoil hat. True, that yeah. is true. I mean, I, I but um, I'm 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 under the understanding that uh, Jim Jam over here is afraid of aliens. 
I just got word, the secret wording on that. Uh-huh. Uh, well, it so is... you scared him there, D? Oh, right on. I uh, When I made the documentary, I did want it to be creepy. I actually did. <laughs> well, you, you succeeded. Sound effects and stuff like that. Well, tell me a little bit about it since uh, I didn't get to watch it because someone didn't tell me. Um, I think it was released um, August of uh, 2018, something like that, August or September. We had a big premiere at the uh, theater for it. Um, answered a lot of questions about paranormal and stuff like that. Um, what else can I say? The documentary itself might be about 40 minutes or so, and it covers uh, – um, all the encounters that have happened up here in around the Thunder Bay region. And uh, if you guys don't know, Thunder Bay is up uh, in northern Ontario at the top of Lake Superior. And, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of sightings up here since 1914. There's been over 200-plus uh, sightings, wow. and the sightings keep coming. It's uh, pretty crazy stuff up here. Yeah, I love aliens, So that was so. what the documentary was about, explaining, you know, uh, not going into in depth too much on every single encounter but picking out the best ones and that's what it was about hey because i know a boot or a boot (laughs) yeah a boot (laughs) hey uh in one of those i uh you know you you, of course you do uh, reenactments i guess um was that was one of those reenactments your family yeah yeah one of them we used uh, i was looking for people was like i gotta get this shot so how about you and uh, oh, my son will use you, and uh, we'll just get this get this uh, the sequence shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always like I've been a, a believer in aliens for a long time because I yep. mean like mathematically, I mean like we have this boundless universe, and we're the we think that we're the only intelligent life is just fucking arrogant, you know. But uh, I've been kind of skeptical about contact, you know what I'm saying, but. I think what's one of the coolest things about like alien documentaries is you see these and you, you showcase a bunch of them in Northern lights where uh, somebody will see something and they'll call the authorities and the authorities are like, yeah, you're like the 80th person who's called and seen the exact same shit, you know? So, I mean, that kind of, kind of leads some, uh, lends some credibility to it. You know, it's like, Oh shit, you know, hundreds of people are out there seeing the exact same thing at the exact same time. And I think that's, you know, makes makes UFOs kind of unique that you have so many corroborated sightings at the same time and everybody's given the same report independently. You know, it's scary shit. Yeah, that uh, that is what happened up here. We've had like police officers see stuff. Uh, there's been reports of that. Uh, there's also been reports of um, even the media, uh, you know, reporters out there on the street happen to, you know, see something, you know, newspaper writers and stuff like that, they, you know. Put it in the paper. So there's a lot of uh, corroboration between media and you know, all these witnesses um, seeing this stuff. And uh, definitely there has to be something out here, especially in the northern skies. Has there been any fourth kind uh, experiences with aliens there? Fourth kind, that's abduction. There's been an attempted abduction. I know two of those. One of them was featured in the documentary where the guy gets... Um, pulled out of his house right through the window. Yeah, yeah, I remember and that. And the only thing that saved him, only thing that saved him was hanging onto the couch. <laughs> and this was an older man, uh, quite a bit older, and he wasn't the type to tell stories or lie or anything like that. So, fairly well-known story around here. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that creeps me the hell out. It's like, you have no control <laughs> over it. Well, let me ask you this. <clears throat> Do you think more of the sightings is because of uh, being close to water. <clears throat> you know, Lake Superior is pretty big. It's deep as well. Lake Superior, yeah. Um, I've heard stories of Lake Ontario with a with a, a secret alien base underneath that. I've heard stories like that. There's the Shag Harbor incident too, but I think that was in Nova uh, Scotia. I'm pretty sure that's where that was. But um, it's possible um, they're using the water for um, – Maybe even for fuel or fusion or something like that. It's possible. One of the stories in the documentary, too, was these people were blueberry picking up here. And um, they came over the hill. They could hear some chatter. They looked down the hill, and there beside the water was uh, five really small beings pumping water into the craft. They probably do use some sort of hydrogen. 
I mean, why yeah. wouldn't you? Especially around here. But you'd have to get here, though. But or, then again, though, you can land on a, a asteroids and shit. You know, I mean, they got water on them. Some, so yeah, they got yeah they got ice. ice on them. Yeah, so mm. hey, um, the ones that they say they saw were they the grays? Is that what they call them? The ones that they saw, they were little. I'm pretty sure they were greenish creatures. Hmm. It's been a while since the fucking these lizard people. Johnny said it's the lizard Maybe. people. The lizard people, it's, fucking, they're real. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most of the world's run by lizard people, so. I mean, there's people that believe that, though. That people are lizards. But people don't believe that. I don't know. I mean, I listen to weird stuff. So the people that you've uh, talked to that's encountered actual aliens or whatever, seen them, they say, do they have the typical egghead with the big eyes? The aliens or the people? The aliens. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, damn, dude, you're fucking really putting them out there on a limb there, like making fun of these people. <laughs> Fuck. The uh, people that witnessed the uh, creatures that were uh, pumping water, they didn't see them up close. Most All these were fairly distant, but uh, they did see occupants. And uh, one of the other ones were was uh, someone was on, uh, two people were on a lake in the winter collecting firewood. And one of them decided, well, I'm going to do some ice fishing. And the other one's like, okay, I'm going to go get some firewood. Went around the corner and there he stopped to get his wood or something like that and that's when he heard chatter over there he happened to look around the corner and there was um, apparently a shack a hunting shack and above that was uh, like uh, two stacked frisbees over top of that shack emitting a purple light and there were two tall creatures they, he didn't see them close enough to describe but I'm pretty sure they were really white colored and they're really tall, and they're bringing stuff into the ship. And then the ship flew off. Or he went back to get his friend. That's right. And uh, he got his friend, brought him back, and then that's when they watched uh, the last of you know bringing the last of the cabin's contents into the ship. And the ship took off and left the crater as well. Them motherfuckers, man! They come in and so steal people's the shit. They took the shack with them. They looting, man! They looting no. hunters' equipment. <laughs> they were looting. Yeah. Even little bastards. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Hell, you got the white ones, you got the hold green on, hold ones. On, hold on. What is the common thing that are in shacks up there? Because I don't do the ice fishing thing. and So, I mean. Uh, well, there's another thing, too. There's a lot of ice fishermen up here as well. Also, I've heard stories, too. You know, people would come up to me on the street sometimes, and they'd start talking about UFOs, and a few of them have talked about uh, wintertime. Uh, not seeing craft or anything, but seeing evidence of craft, and that would be um, second kind, close encounters of the second kind. And uh, they were seeing like um, perfectly round circles cut into the earth, like big ones, or into the ice, sorry, over the lake. And these are big circles. Would that be uh, a Canadian version of a crop circle? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what's it, what's typical to be in one of them shacks? What a what a, a fisherman or whatever keeping that they'd want to steal? Uh, I I have no idea. I'm not sure what would be in these shacks. But whatever was in that one in that story, whatever was in there was of uh, some significance or importance or um, value. To uh, them. Yeah. Something really fascinating for them that they had to take this stuff. Could have been like you know ah let's let's check out what. Kind of like you know, anthropologists do with ancient societies where they go yeah. in and rob graves and shit and find little artifacts. It could have been, oh, let's take their radio and their TV and see what this is all about. You know, let's see this box keeps shits cold. Let's let these, let's see what these primitive people are doing. You know, are they, the I'm drill that drills ice? Maybe maybe they're really fascinated by Shakespeare reels. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you make a good point there, too, that they're Shakes. checking out our technology, right? Brand That's why around. they're being seen around uh, nuclear sites, like uh, where there were, uh, you know, nuclear power and stuff like that. Hydro dams are seen around that as well. They're checking out this lower race, basically, seeing where we are in society, basically. How far up the chain are we headed right now with our technology? I mean... The the thing was always said that is that uh, where we come from, technically, we were probably more than likely modified DNA-wise with aliens. 
come down, experimented, made us smarter, and left and see where we go. So you you think they they mated with the, the cavemen? No, they didn't mate. Oh, they took they specifically spliced the DNA and inserted and changed it to where we were more intelligent. That's right. Uh, between ten thousand and I think. Yeah, sixty thousand or a hundred thousand years ago, there's a missing link, and that's what they're always talking about. Oh, the missing link with Sasquatch and missing link. They're always talking about that, but that is the missing part. Why did people suddenly become so smart? Stop, you know, they started doing art and making weapons and stuff like that. Yeah, because that's where they figure when it happened. Because the tribe in Africa, oh, I wish I could think their names. Like they claim they come from a part of the galaxy. And the people, they come down and they splice their DNA or they did something and they created them to make them mm-hmm. who they are. But yet they had artifacts that match up to these two stars perfectly. And you can right. barely even see the stars. or not, You know, you have to have a telescope or whatever, but they still are able to, with that. Yeah, and how but, did these people way back then know about it, right? Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, the alien thing to me is just fascinating. I mean, you got pyramids all over the world and they're all... You know, like a bunch of them were in a line, but how did they get the design? Because a lot of them are the same, you know, the step pyramids, and it's just like hubs, you know, where mm-hmm. they could go from place to place, and there's markers and stuff lines up all over the world. It's just, it's wild. When, when you get down the yeah. rabbit hole, it's just like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, if, that's right. You could jump down that rabbit hole and go on and on and on. Yeah. You have to stop and yourself. Next thing you're, you're, you're a crazy UFO person after that. Hey, since yeah, you, you start making documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey. yeah, I guess I've been there for a few years now. <laughs> so I couldn't help it. That was so, an easy hey, jab. You know, but since Yeti wrote the uh, the write up about the documentary and stuff, uh, we got an email from someone doing uh, Alien Expo in Knoxville, Tennessee, in August, right. invited us to come to the Alien Expo. Set up a table. Nice. I guess I <clears throat> live vicariously off you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, hopefully we can get a, a, a table or something. And yeah. Maybe you can get some stuff to set up out there for your uh, Northern Lights documentary. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm surprised I don't get asked to do anything like that. Like, no one has asked me to come, you know, for. You know, talk about UFOs or talk about Sasquatch and stuff like that because there's a lot of stuff down there in the States. You know, I could drive down and I can go do these events, but no one asks me. So I'm stuck up here in Canada. There's not really any opportunity to, you know, for events like this. You have to uh, give it a a little, probably a little bit longer and, you know, do your like media tour thing and people will catch on. How about the. I mean, in all honesty, we can invite them to our table. At CreepyCon in August. Yeah. You can come to our table in August at CreepyCon <laughs> and promote well, your shit. If you wanted to come to Tennessee. We ain't paying for nothing, though. You'd have to yeah. pay yourself. Well, I mean, We could probably yeah. get you a free pass, but that'd be about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's another issue. Is, yeah, um, money. Travel money. <laughs> well, um, the, the Bigfoot thing and aliens, uh, I... I would listen to, I've mentioned this plenty of times on the show, Coast to Coast AM. And uh, there's people out there that believe uh, Bigfoot is tied to aliens. And usually after you see a like an alien sighting or something happens with it, uh, there's a Bigfoot sighting around that area, possibly. And one guy explained it as it's more, they opened up like a portal or like a different universe. You know what I'm saying? And you're able mm-hmm. to see the the Sasquatch or the Bigfoot. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, one of my theories on that, too, is a little more down to earth, but, well, not really. But <laughs> we're talking aliens and Sasquatch here. Um, <laughs> is that uh, the Sasquatch knows its backyard, just like we know our own backyards. So, so, say, so say there's a box blowing in the wind in uh, Jim Jam's backyard. He knows it's out there, okay? He knows that's there. So it's the same thing with Sasquatch. The forest is his backyard. If you get an alien ship or an alien craft landing or anything like that, 
um, you know, the thing takes off, it'll go check it out after. It it knows its own backyard. It knows what's going on back there. That's just one of my theories on that. Whoa, just got an idea. Why haven't there been a Bigfoot and Alien movie? There has been. No, I'm talking about like them mm-hmm. fighting each other. Oh. That'd be that'd pretty be cool. cool. D? Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. That sounds horrible. Um, but, hey, we could get Harry. That sounds and, so bad. Harry, Harry and the Henderson. Just stop now. They have done that. That was the movie Predator. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, but, uh, because, that was a hit, by the way. Because what they, uh, the claim is, is that the aliens use the Bigfoot to fuck with people. Like, there's been one where, uh, these guys are camping and aliens come down like they've seen a lot. Well, then next thing you know, a Bigfoot shows up and he starts messing with them. Mm. Like, it's just weird. I don't know. Like, the, the claims that aliens and Bigfoot are hand in hand or something. Whether or not that's yeah, true. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. One of the things I had heard that uh, the the uh, aliens had uh, Bigfoot as a race, you know, slave race kind of thing. And uh, they ended up sending them here for mining or something like that. It's kind of like what you see on that Solo movie. Yeah, I think that's where they kind yeah. of stole the idea. Yeah, I've heard that and uh, heard that years ago before Solo even came out. And I was watching. I was like, "Damn, that's you know, that's that's the same thing I heard." But that's what they say is that uh, they were a slave race here for mining or something like that, and uh, just kind of left them here. Well, the weird thing is, I just heard today, and I'm not even going to tell you where I heard it because. Yeah, but um, that these studios put stuff in these movies, and like the government puts small things in to let you know like something's coming up, technology wise or something else. But they don't tell you all of it, so that it puts that in the minds of people, so either they can create it or you know, kind of letting you know, hey, we know, you know, it's just something. But these people, yeah, where I heard it, I was just like. God, these motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, it, I don't even want to talk about where I heard it because I'm afraid they'll fucking try to find you and do something. So, yeah. Kind of like Scientology? No, it's not Scientology, but it's just... It's like a cult thing. No, men. but it's like a cult-ish oh. thing. And, I, you know, I don't even want to give them a shout because it was just weird. I tried to watch it. It was on Vice, on YouTube, and I was just like, motherfuckers follow anything (laughs) then dude's girlfriend that's really smoking hot got on there and started talking that stuff and i'm like okay (laughs) yeah i'm done with this this is a uh, minutes wasted so we we mentioned the sasquatch thing you did a sasquatch documentary too when did you do that oh well that was released uh the first one was released uh 2017 and that one went viral, like, instantly. And uh, that was called Sasquatch on Lake Superior, a documentary. And then I did uh, Sasquatch on Lake Superior, too, in uh, early 2018. I finished that. So I ended up putting two docs out the same year. Well, Sasquatch on Lake Superior, too, and Northern Lights, uh, UFO documentary, both in the same year. Where are those available? Uh, you can find those on YouTube at D. McCulley, Dark History, Thunderstriker Films channel on YouTube. Yeah, we probably should have led with that. Good job, Jim Jam. I'm blaming you just because I can. There's links to all that in the review. Uh, My first True Story Tuesdays, I reviewed Northern Lights. And uh, there's links to that and links to the channel at the bottom of the the write-up. I watched both of the uh, the (laughs) Sasquatch on my superior docs. My, My kid was sick. He wanted to hang out and watch TV. I was like, well, you want to watch something about Bigfoot? And he was like, yeah. He's like seven. So he's just like, oh, hell yeah, Bigfoot. <laughs> so he kicked back and watched that. And he was just like, wow. I thought the, the thing I found fascinating was the uh, <clears throat> how the, the sightings kind of followed the powwows around the lake. Uh, yeah. How he was kind of drawn by the drums and the dances and stuff. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, there's anywhere you go, you know, you have uh, you have that connection to the indigenous people and and, and their uh, their legends, and there's always there's always something about Bigfoot in there. There's always something about an ape creature, you know. So I thought mm-hmm. that was really cool. So, yeah, those uh, 
Yeah, I had heard that uh, years ago, and then uh, as I was working on the documentary, one of the guys had uh, messaged me talking about it. It's like, oh, I should really add that. I forgot about it, so I did. I added into uh, uh, the first documentary, and then into the second one, I actually got to meet the guy, and uh, we had talked for hours about uh, Zabe, what they call him up here, uh, in the native language, Zabe. And uh, he's like a, a teacher that comes to you in your dreams, especially when you're on your last legs and you're down or something like that he tries to teach you that i'm here things will get better and it's a, a common native belief that's really it's, cool in fact it's one of the grandfather teachings that they teach as well zabe was honesty huh that's i mean to me i don't i don't know it's it says something that, that it's uh a legend that's been you know pervasive since before colonization you know it's something something that's always been here you know so it, it's another one of those things that lends a little more credence to the theory that there's you know there's something out there and i mean mm -hmm. there's there's so much unexplored you know mm -hmm. and i say um, with um when the vikings came to leif erickson life erickson leaf he came to canada and that's what he described these screaming creatures that were you know fighting them trying to shoot them away basically so that was a pretty interesting little read that I saw. <laughs> Shit. I wonder if it was uh, trying to chew them away because if they were working with the aliens, like uh, the protectors. Possibly. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That's, what, that's what the native belief up here is, too, that they're water protectors. Mm. They're basically protecting all the fresh water up here. So whenever wherever there's a big lake and uh, industry comes in and stuff like that, they try to protect that from being uh, invaded. Could have used them in South Dakota a couple of years ago. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so ha you've been on Bigfoot investigations, obviously, right? Uh, just the one. Uh, the first documentary I did was um, basically people sending me the stories, and uh, uh, I was just doing write-up uh, sequences. And then on the second one, we actually did go on one down in uh, the Pick River up here in Ontario. And that's uh, the very last shot in Sasquatch and Lake Superior, too, was the shot of the giant uh, footprints we found. Another thing we found was our guide, when he showed us the footprints, we we ended up finding some, some hair samples. I was like, wait a minute, let's grab this. And we showed the guide. <clears throat> the guide is a hunter. And he said... Um, that's moose hair, but this other stuff mixed in, I've never seen this before. So that got us really curious, and we ended up uh, bagging it, tagging it. And I went and got a DNA test done on it. And uh, it came back as moose hair because I wanted to know what it was. It did come back as moose hair, but even the DNA, uh, the man who did the DNA, the um, I forgot what you call him, the scientist anyway, he said he had never seen that either on a moose. But that's what it was. So it was uh, very interesting. And the thing was, um, another theory about that is whenever they find DNA evidence, it never seems to be enough, you know? There's no database to, to, to um, connect this with, to say, yes, we have a Sasquatch here. That is D you know, Sasquatch DNA. Sasquatch has never been taught, so there's nothing to compare it to. So there has been people, you know, getting unknown samples and stuff like that but then the other ones that come through are oh this is a known animal this is moose this is elk this is buffalo this is yak but the thing is in theory maybe these sasquatch are carrying these hides around with them so they don't get caught what if it helps them stay warm though that's another thing maybe I mean, they're wearing I mean, the pelt yeah, yeah because i mean even if they're really really hairy it's still they might get a little cool, or, or they just want to protect themselves from, like, you know, hair catching on something, a tree, scratching themselves, cutting themselves. And that's right. And another thing is up here, we just got through a cold spell. It was minus 55 up here. That's Celsius. It's freaking cold. Uh, gas was freezing. Diesel was freezing. Propane was freezing. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. Cool. So I would say maybe they are wearing them for protection, just like you said, for protection. Yeah, I mean, even that, I imagine even they get you know chilled as cold as it is. I couldn't yeah, imagine yeah. being that cold. <clears throat> Jeez, yeah, that's terrible. Minus that's terrible. Terrible. What is minus fifty in Fahrenheit? 
See, you guys want me to look? <laughs> oh, well. I can look it up. Minus 50 yeah, Celsius. I don't know. Like, it's fucking cold. <laughs> Real cold. <clears throat> I think enough. America's the only one that uses Fahrenheit, ain't we? That's uh, in Fahrenheit, it's minus 67. Minus 67 degrees. Fuck that. What do you do <laughs> in negative 50 weather Celsius? Like, what the fuck? What well, you, you if you have if you have a wood stove, you you go out and get your wood and you bring that in and make sure you stay warm constantly. Because that's just... not much else to do. Um, even if you're working, it's so cold they'll shut down places where you're working. Yeah, how are you gonna? Like you said, it freezes gasoline and everything. Like it's like ice road trucker shit where you gotta have a heater on your fucking motor oil just so it don't freeze mm-hmm. and all that shit. Yeah, fuck yeah. that, dude. Y'all can keep that shit. Yeah, yeah I know. It's not that's for sure. You go yeah. to your, uh, what is that? Uh, you do that maple uh, maple bars where like they take a maple syrup and pour it on snow and eat that shit? I've, uh, I've never done that. I don't uh, I don't like maple. Oh, my God. The Canadians are good. All, the, all your fellow Canadians are going to hate you. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. I'm, usually, I'm usually pretty vocal when it comes to talking about maple syrup. <laughs> I don't like this stuff. I thought every Canadian was like two-thirds maple syrup. <laughs> That's what makes us so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes us so sweet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh, you know, other than doing that, <clears throat> I think the main thing you do is... Uh, uh, paranormal investigation, right? Yeah, I do that as well. Uh, since 1993, I've been into the paranormal. That's a long time. I haven't even added up the years, but 1993, way back then when uh, I'd heard about EVP, I was like, what the hell are you talking about, EVP? Oh, it's his voices that come through. Go to the cemetery, bring bring a recorder and ask questions. You'll get responses. They're like, dude, you're crazy. And that kind of bugged me for a while, and I finally did it, and I brought my ghetto blaster <laughs> a big giant recorder over there in the cemetery asked questions and played back and i'm sure i heard responses on there uh, definitely couldn't be traffic or me breathing so you know, you, whenever you, i'd ask something you brought a boom box <laughs> yeah to yeah. do evp recordings that's awesome. Yeah. What the I fuck, can, dude? It's like it's like I'm not trying to even fucking hide what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm not ashamed of this. I'm bringing this big yeah, motherfucker. Well, now, nowadays, people are like, "Oh, it's it's just D doing his thing again." <laughs> yeah, they think he's gonna bring, I, I, I think he's gonna bring some cardboard out there and start breakdancing. Like, I got my eight double D or my eight D batteries or C batteries that I got to carry with me. <laughs> Yeah, like kids nowadays have no clue what the fuck that is. No clue. No clue. Right? Yeah. Well, my, now you got them. No, Bluetooth my speakers. buddy. No, my buddy. He he didn't have a stereo in his car, so he carried around a boombox. <laughs> you know, he had stacks of C batteries where you had to fucking keep the boombox going because it sucks all the fucking power out of these batteries so quick. Riding around listening to a boombox in the ghetto sled. The ghetto sled. Oh yeah, it was, dude. It was old school, almost Oldsmobile, man. Hey, like an eighty-eight right. Olds. Since you're uh, paranormal investigator. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think. It, how long ago was uh the, about the ghosts are naked or clothes? Oh, naked ghosts. Do, yeah. The, do the clo- ghost clothes. Do ghosts wear clothes? Or are they naked? Um. Yeah, I remember seeing something about a naked ghost online there. You ever see that thing, the ghost having sex? You remember that? No. Johnny Johnny yeah, said, you, or no, I, I read something about a woman said she got pregnant from her ghost lover. Or, yeah. That is bull crap. That's bull crap. <laughs> yeah, a woman's having sex with like 14 different ghosts, and then she's going to marry the one because she's in love. they're in love, and they're going to get yeah, married. Yeah, she divorced them, too. <laughs> she divorced. She divorced them. It's like we're gonna get married, and I don't see why we couldn't have babies. I don't know. Maybe because your fucking boyfriend's imaginary, and you're yeah. insane. <laughs> Might yeah. be why. But yeah, we got on yeah. a topic. Well, of- a ghost, a ghost can't stay uh, in a physical form very long. So. You know, that was like a, a minute quick. man job. There. Yeah. They were, yeah. She gets she, off quick. It was a quickie. She gets <laughs> off quick, man. I mean, 
yeah, we 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 had a whole little topic about that one time on the podcast about do ghosts wear clothes? Yeah, so ghost like clothes. when you when a person dies, do their clothes go to ghosts too? Well, the the question was is you always see in movies ghosts wearing clothes and hearing people well they were dressed in this. Well, are ghosts ashamed to be naked? <laughs> Like, uh, that I don't know. <laughs> like Mandingo is walking around naked. <laughs> you know, I I, I think um, I they wear the clothes that they wore on the, their death day or their funeral day. That's what I think. Or do you think they wear the clothes that they want to wear? What they think they feel That's best in? Thing. They can almost yeah, they can almost think their clothes into existence. Yeah, it's like what you hear about shape shifting ghosts. Not not shape shifters, but. <laughs> Ghosts that can change um, their form, and next thing you know, they're wearing robes, and then they're wearing something else later. So maybe they're they could think uh, their attire into existence. So have you seen a ghost? Yes, I've never seen a ghost. So Johnny, yeah, I've seen a ghost, and it was it was solid, like a person standing there, and then it just faded out. Did it have clothes? Yes. Can you see the whole? <laughs> what Johnny's getting at is, what would you do if you saw a ma- naked male ghost and a, a ghost dick? No, I wasn't getting at that at all. <laughs> Not getting at that at all. <laughs> don't put them words in my mouth. Yeah, don't put this <laughs> on me. <laughs> Whoa. Hey. That's not my fetish. That's yours, brother. Oops, that's my kink. <laughs> yeah. I get off on them videos. <laughs> like a ghost penis, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> that's probably... Oh, God. He's like, what the fuck have I got into? He knows what he got <clears throat> into. <clears throat> fucked up fucking... Yeah, I forgot how obnoxious you guys were. <laughs> oh, appreciate it. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, but anyway... <laughs> No, I've never seen a ghost, so I don't know. I don't know about ghosts. I don't know how I would act if I saw a ghost. And another uh, another story I have too is uh, when I was about sixteen. I um, our our town is like uh, eight kilometers from where I live, right? So six miles, five miles, something like that. And one night, you know, I'm staying at my aunt's house, and I decide, well, because my parents had gone camping, I don't like going camping. And there's another thing I don't like. <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah i don't like the woods um so i stayed over there and then i decided this night that i'm gonna ride my bike home and you know whatever i'm gonna go home so i got on a bike it's pitch black and you know, there's only a couple cars on this road at night that's my only light so i'm trying to adjust my eyes all the way home and they had just installed brand new street lights at the intersection out here which leads to the highway and i could see down the road by that time like I could see clearly, there's nothing there. So I'm riding, and next thing you know, just out of nowhere, this girl screams at me. It was a blood curdling scream, and it really woke me up. It scared me. It, it, I think I turned like white as a sheet. I didn't know what to do. I got home. I was shaking, and I called the police, and they went and checked, and they said there's nobody on that road. So there's another one of my encounters. I, uh, I always forget to mention that. That'd be freaky. That'd be scary. The first thought in my mind, for some reason, the first thing that entered my mind when she screamed was Banshee. (laughs) Wow. That'd be fucked. Good thing you rode away from that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've never I've never seen anything like uh like a apparition, but the house I grew up in, like things would happen like uh my my bedroom door where like there had been a house there that had burnt down then then my parents put a trailer in and it burnt down and then we built another house like an actual house there and uh where my room was was like where the living room of the original house was or something like that and like i would be in bed at night and my door knob would turn and the door would open and then close again Mm-hmm. And you just just random shit like like I never saw anything but shit happened. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, there was um that happened to us one time. I was on um Destination America. I was on uh, Travel and Escape. I was on uh, True TV for uh, 
my episode of a TV show called um, Paranormal Survivor. And uh, that's one part that they didn't. Oh, they did. It was in the it was in the show. Um, we we were laying on the bed one night, uh, me and my girlfriend, and uh, the fans running in the bathroom. And the bathroom is right beside the bedroom. Our bedroom door is closed. There's nobody in the apartment. And next, we heard the door unlatch, and that caught our attention. We heard the door swing open slowly. The fan grew louder, and we knew someone was in there. And just as we got up and opened our bedroom door, which is right beside the bathroom door, that door closed shut. Oh, fuck that. And uh, I went to the door, and I was so scared to open it. It took everything I could because I was scared. Um, I opened that door, and the only thing that was in there was a flickering light. The lights were always flickering in the house or the apartment. Damn. That's weird. I'm, I'm glad I've never seen anything. You can you can live in a haunted house, but if it's really bad, that's the thing about living in a haunted house is that it can slowly but surely break you down until you're a nervous wreck. And wow. by that time, I was I was getting there by that time, and things were just getting worse and worse. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that happened in that place. Yeah, it's like the you longer you live like, there, the more they want you out. Mm-hmm. What you yeah, say? The, the less the less shy they are to do something, you know, they become really bold. Do you think they feed off of you being there like some sort of energy or is it just, you know, you get more comfortable? Yeah. I think they do feed off your fear. They'll feed, even feed off of electricity coming through the lines after, um, I'm going to try to keep this part of the story short, but basically a creature ran down our hall one morning and uh, my girlfriend saw it and she screamed and I ran out. And that was the thing is she described like a, a devil dog and it was uh, all black with a white stripe going down its chest and it had fat baby legs in the thing as it ran past, it smiled at her and then it disappeared. And that, you know, as I, as I came out of the bedroom down that hall after she screamed, the air, it was almost electric in, in the uh, apartment. Days following, we'd always noticed that the um, of the breaker panel, you know, you have to click it and lock breaker panels? Yeah. Yeah. Open the door. Well, that was always open. We always found it open after that. So, and there's no one else who would, who would touch the breaker panel. So that's what we were thinking. They were feeding off the uh, electricity in there as well. Wow, it makes sense. It seems like it seems like they're just uh, energy with some sort of direction, you know. <clears throat> so that would make a lot of sense, really. Yeah, especially even to open a door or unlatch a, a box like a, a breaker panel. You know, you think about it; it's got no physical hands. It has to make it happen by sheer will. That's crazy. That takes a lot of energy to do that. So where this thing got the energy in the first place, stuff I don't know. But how long was it in that apartment before we moved there is another thing. Did you check out like uh, the people that have lived there, or like you know? We heard nothing. We like heard try nothing. Try to find out records. No, we couldn't find any any uh, deaths in the area. I did talk to one person that uh, used to run the place. The um, you know, the apartment complex, and she said, no, no one died in, in that, that building but, itself. Like, what about before the apartment complex was built? Well, see, that's the thing. Maybe it was built on an Indian burial ground or something. That's what I think. Yeah, something, yeah. Like, something nefarious or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck that. I'd be like, yeah, I gotta move. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm not dealing with this shit. Devil dogs and... Fuckers using my bathroom. <laughs> we, we had a place before we moved to this house. It was a like a ranch house. It's really nice. It's a little. It's a p- big piece of property. It had a, a like a three bedroom ranch house on it, and it had two other houses. It was just like on a big circle drive. It was like somebody had built them a, a little family compound uh, back in probably like the late fifties. But uh, so. We're in there, and there's this room that we had scat- we had planned out was going to be the nursery, uh, but I couldn't go in there. Like it was just so, you know, the room the rooms you go in, and it's just like dread. You yeah, know, the energy's off. Yeah. yeah, it's just all fucked up. And you know, I you know, I was like, okay, well, I'm just you know, I'm just crazy. It's fine. 
uh, one night I was doing dishes and we had the, like a, almost like a bay window. There's like three windows, uh, in front of the sink. So you kind of look out over the yard while you're doing dishes or whatever. And it was dark out. So I was seeing the reflection behind me and there were three people in the house. Well, I guess four, it was me and my wife and my boy who was just, he was like two weeks old and my mother-in-law who was, uh, she was handicapped. So she was either in a wheelchair or on a walker and she made hella noise anywhere she went. So I'm in there and I look up and I see somebody standing in the fridge behind me. And I was like, Hey babe, can you uh, grab me a beer out of the fridge? You know, I'm almost done. And you know, nothing fridge doesn't open, you know, no reply, no nothing. He just kind of walks off back to the living room. I was like, or I could, you know, just go fuck myself. That's fine too. (laughs) (laughs) So I go, uh, I go into the living room and I'm just like, I was like, thanks a lot, Dick. You know, (laughs) and it wasn't even hard. She was, yeah, no, my mother-in-law was in the chair and she had her feet up and she was, you know, watching TV and my wife was holding the baby and he was asleep. Like she hadn't moved. So apparently there was some sort of like shadow that had just kind of wandered into the kitchen. and was like, no, I'm not getting you a beer. Like, and I'm just like, you know, and we come to find out there was an old couple that lived there uh, years before us who had both at different times died in the house. Uh, like just, just of, you know, being old, you know, know, no violence or anything, but I, I think one of them was stuck there. It was crazy shit. Yeah. I, um, I kind of, uh, how would I say that? Um, I use something in my paranormal documentaries called SRC. It stands for spirit radio communication. And basically I'm just using a canister radio. And, um, if you're fast enough while switching the dial, you can capture, you could, you could, you know, make out responses. And I had, it's on YouTube. Um, it's like a one, one minute conversation with a spirit down in a, in a pantry down in a basement. And uh, basically what it came down to was they were saying that they were trapped down there and that what I asked, what's keeping you there? And there was like the walls or something like that, the walls. Well, they're basically thinking they're trapped, and that's physically, or it's making them trapped just by their own thoughts. I think um, what's going on in, in the spirit realm is you're making your own reality. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it makes sense because they have to do everything, like you said, by by force of will. So it, it would make sense that they're projecting their own kind of world around them while they're at it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep odd yeah what are you working on now d um i'm trying to get a tv show up on our local tv uh station uh in the city of thunder bay i'm trying to get one called t bay haunted it's basically people telling their you know their ghost stories basically giving them a chance to be heard other than just writing a post on Facebook, you know, you can come on TV and you can, you can tell your story and uh, have people hear it and stuff. So and everything I produce is uh, well-produced, overproduced. And, uh, but I want to keep it sort of simple where they're just telling their stories. And I think it could be interesting, especially getting it ready for the full time for around Halloween, something like that. I think it would be great. Yeah, that sounds I mean, on both ends. So if you get them to, uh, I guess, pick it up, does that mean that they'll start, you know, you be paid to do it or or at least get money to help finance no. it? No, that's the thing is a lot of the stuff that goes on that station is voluntary. But at least you could say you are a television producer. You know, yeah. you could, you're producing for television. And I've been producing for television for years and years now. So I know what it's like. I know the ins and outs. I know what I'm doing and stuff like that. And I know what it takes to get it on, uh, on television and stuff. But who knows? Maybe like uh, the first time my first show went on, it was called Thunder Bay Paranormal Society. And people were starting to take notice. And there was like uh, some kind of write-up from uh, MediaCaster Canada talking about this paranormal programming discovered on cable television and stuff. And that was a pretty good write-up. Well, you know, you got to you gotta. You gotta do what you can to get discovered, kind of thing. Yeah, you gotta put cool. stuff out there so people can find it, and you know, maybe, hey, why don't you come yeah, you to this? You gotta keep it interesting. 
exactly. And you got to keep it interesting. You always have to have something coming out, basically. You don't want to <clears throat> get out of the loop and then, you know, people people forget about you almost immediately. So oh, you, yeah. you always got to stay in the public eye. Always got to be, you know, producing something. Yeah, we, we definitely learned that over the years. So you got to have content. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You have to have content. I guess, uh, do you want to shout out any of your, all your social media and stuff? Okay. Uh, you could find me at uh, Facebook on Dean McCauley Dark History. Also, Dark History on Facebook and Thunderstriker Films on Facebook. You could find me on Twitter at Dean McCauley. You could also find me at DeanMcCauley.com where you'll find a lot of extra content on there. You could find me at the Dark History blog, .ca, and uh, Instagram as well. Why not? Oh, yeah. Hey, right on. Well, just uh, let us know when, you know, you get your stuff going, what else, and we'll continue to support you and everything. Hell yeah. yeah. All right, and be sure to to subscribe to D. McCauley Dark History Thunderstriker Films on YouTube as well. It's much appreciated. Definitely, yeah. Um, well, hey, man, it was good uh, to get to talk to you again after so long. Let's not uh, have a gap this next time. But yeah, we'll definitely keep in touch and uh yeah, I'm you know, I'm loving everything you're doing. You know, I know Yeti is and Johnny, so uh, oh, yeah. you know, Tennessee Horror News is behind you, buddy. All right, <clears throat> cool. Awesome. So hell yeah, man. Well you uh, appreciate you coming on and uh hell you have a good rest of the weekend. Stay warm. Yeah, yeah stay warm. Oh definitely. <laughs> yeah. Cold as fuck yeah, up stay there. cool. All right, man. You have yeah. a good one, man. All right, guys, so that was D. McCauley, a uh, writer, director, TV producer. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he was in the short films, but he's moving on with the other stuff. So that's awesome. Appreciate him coming on and talk to us. I hope uh, you enjoyed this. And, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this is different content. Yeah. So hit up tnhorror.com uh, because there's a lot of content on there. A lot. Yeah. Definitely, definitely check out his, uh, his documentaries, though. They're short about 45 minutes to 50 minutes long, something like that. Yeah. The, the, uh, and it's, it, it's really, it's not fucking super dry. You can tell that it's, he, even like the, the UFO documentary, the Sasquatch documentaries, he, there's the heart of a fucking horror fan in there. You know what I'm saying? He, he delivers the facts, but the, the tone is kind of creepy. So it kind of, it's, it's got a hook to it. It's really good shit. Go check it out. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's all we got, yo. We out. Peace. Stay spooky. Try not to be an asshole. <laughs>